<laughs> Here we go. Three, two, one. Guess what, y'all? Uh-oh. We're back. It's it. the big we coming back at you live from Oakland, California and Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, NASA, what's up? Hi, Calvin. I miss you, Calvin. I miss you back. I'm so excited. We're yeah. doing we're doing this. We're back, everybody. Yeah. We're back. So so we're gonna be doing a, a season three. We better be doing a season three. I guess so. Um, so what had happened was <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, a lot of things happened, Calvin, including a you had a whole entire baby and a you were on baby. paternity leave. I I was so so I went on paternity leave for about six, seven weeks, returned to work to do a pop-up gallery and some other uh, projects related to the Wakanda Dream Lab for about six weeks. And then I went back to paternity leave because I wanted to split <laughs> it up. And So while I was on paternity leave, yes, apocalypse happened. Like, kind what? Of. I mean, that might be a little dramatic, but definitely we've had some changes it's, in the social fabric of, of the country and the world. That is true. It depends on your definition of apocalypse. There you go. What's your definition of apocalypse? End of an era for something mm. new to emerge. Well, then it's definitely an apocalypse. <laughs> Welcome to the apocalypse, everyone. <laughs> Here we are. This is no so, longer the big weed. That was called the big apocalypse. Welcome. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so happy to have you. In all the things, while we we have smiles and joy and laughter and all the things that we are just at home with at the big we, we also have the space to hold all of the anxiety and the fear and the sorrow and the grieving and, and the hope spots and all the things that (laughs) are part of this um, journey that we're on together. And I find myself on this roller coaster of reflection and introspection and a yearning just to be at the quarantine dance party from (laughs) guys. But Anasa, how are you getting through? What's what's good with you? How's your spirit? Um, you know, Calvin, I'm actually pretty incredible. And I'm actually so incredible that I had to do a lot of work to stop feeling guilty for how good I felt. Because I'm like, there is a lot of sorrow and there is a lot of pain. And a lot of folks are losing their loved ones. And, um, and I am, the truth is, there has not been a lot of transformation of the material condition in my life because my life is set up pretty much like I live by myself I work remotely all the work I do all of my teams are remote all my closest friends all my family live far away so like having to live in a space where I'm alone a lot of the time and like having to find ways to reach out and to connect with people across you know internet lines is like very normal for me being able to do, you know, I do all my shopping online. I've been getting groceries ordered and delivered for two years because I'm so busy. Like when I stop working, it's like midnight and I never have time to go get groceries. So I've been doing all the things that people are learning to do now. I've been doing them for literally some of those things for 20 years. Right. Um, And also oddly, I feel like I was preparing for the pandemic for the past few months without Mm -hmm. knowing that's what I was preparing for. So, you know, 
we've all talked about like how stressful my life was last year and how I was going on this vacation to like heal and get myself kind of recentered. And during that time, I made some big decisions about my company. I made some big decisions about my health. So I like came back ready to buckle down and reimagine and really like retool the way that I live, including the fact that I started a juice fast, a 40 day juice fast on March the 1st, two weeks before we started at home in place or whatever they call it. And so by the time the pandemic hit, I was like, had doubled down on my prayer meditation, had doubled down on my writing, had started writing my book, had been halfway into a juice cleanse. I had done all of this stuff to fortify myself physically and spiritually and so I I went in like squatted up, right? Yep. I went in like, oh, this is what we're doing. I got it. No problem. I got it. And so, you know, the preparation that I did not knowing what I was preparing for has actually made it easier for me to manage um, the stress, the anxiety and all that. I have definitely not had you know, four straight weeks of good days. I've had days that have been more difficult than others. And and like days when I have to be like, hey, we're going through trauma right now. So you actually don't have to be productive today. You actually don't have to do every call. You actually don't have to like think like I saw a meme, someone that says we're not working at home. We're at home in a global pandemic trying to figure out how to still be productive. And it's like giving myself the permission to not feel like I have to be 100 percent has also helps extraordinarily in terms of my ability to manage right now. And of course, I'm talking to my family more, talk to my friends more. There's so many things that we're that we're doing to be able to help get through. But I think that this like being back on the big we and reconnecting with you and reconnecting with our audience is a big part of it also because you know, we there's no way that we can do this without our without our weverse. Like we can't, we cannot go through this moment without connecting, yeah. without talking, without reimagining community the way that we've been doing it all this time. Because this is, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like the moment that we've been waiting for. Yeah. Which I also felt guilty about saying for a little while. But the truth is conversations that we're having now about the economy, about health disparities, about global healthcare for all people, universal income. These are all things that we've been talking about this whole yep. time. And everyone else is talking about it now too. So I, you know, one of the reasons why I was excited to come back is because I feel like there's an opportunity for us to be able to help people see where the light is and like hold both the darkness and the light at the same time, the sorrow and the joy at the same time, and try to really be in the, in a moment where we can take care of each other, but also be in the space of reimagining because after the, the the world is different now. Like it's we're not go, we're not going back. We're not going back. We can't. It's over. That's broken. A- apocalypse. Yeah. Hashtag apocalypse. And for us to be able to be in a conversation together, that's about reimagining, so that we actually have some agency and some self determination over the world. The way the world will emerge next is super exciting to me, and I would not want to do that with anyone more than I want to do it with you. Same. Sweet. So here and we go. Is, yeah, here we go. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really interesting because over the last couple of weeks, uh, also side note, ask me when my paternity leave started. Oh, shoot. When did it start? March 1st. Oh, it sure did. It sure yeah. did. It so sure we were did. both going into we a both. phase of... And you know, it's so a, funny. A, a pause. It was, And I think that I've actually saw a couple a of pause. memes that refer to this time. 
as a pause as the great pause and yeah i, I we both I've stopped been, at the same time too because you just ended your paternity leave and my juice fast ended yesterday yeah yeah and here we are back at it from our personal pauses and we are regathering at a time of a great pause hmm. um and literally being told that this pause will save our lives and the lives yep. of the people we love and yep. the lives of people that we don't even know that we are intrinsically connected to and a delicate balance for what it means to be alive in this time. Like that is literally the public health request pause. You know, what is so exciting about what you just said that made me so excited because a couple of years ago when I was writing about love and I'm like, how do I talk to people about what love is? The definition that I created was like the way that you honor your connection with another person in word mm-hmm. and deed. And one of the questions that I asked was, how do you love someone that you will never meet? And what you mm-hmm. just said to me is the great pause is our way to love the people who are in the world that we will never connect with physically. And that's so, that's amazing. We're loving each other. Well, some of us, because other people are at the park right now having a party. But some people, some people are loving people. Bless them. Bless them. Jesus, what are y'all doing? Actually, I've moved away from being mad about it. And now there's like a sadness that I have. Mm. um, Because it's talking, it's almost like there's something else being communicated to us. Um, there's something to be communicated about the conspiracy theories about yeah. black bodies, not yeah. being immune to this, which has been a historical myth, particularly in colonial, post-colonial transatlantic period yeah. that has been used to oppress, criminalize and marginalize black bodies and mythologize black pain in ways that have been deeply not just problematic and traumatic but but disturbing uh, Mm. disturbing because even there's some things that we have internalized most of the memes that i've been seeing that that i saw early on about Mm -hmm. it were yeah it it was it was from the meme groups i'm on i was like ooh, y'all we we should be Mm -hmm. i get it because as my homie vanessa Nisperos, uh, good homie of ours, uh, reminded me that we're all mourn differently. But I think in this moment of pause, it's also an invitation to reflect that there are some things that didn't serve us. And most important out of all of that are the myths that did not serve us. And the new myths that we can create that are meaning making and authentic and true about the nature of who we are and the impact of what that means in the world. So, yeah, I've been doing a lot of myth busting and curiosity not even like a judgmental way like oh this 5g myth sounds so familiar it reminds me of how people were talking about the harp project back in the Mm -hmm. 90s reminded me of what people were talking about historically with just electricity in general in the 19th century you know what i mean and and vice versa the the mythology of black bodies i really recommend this book called um, medicalizing blackness I, I believe it is it it explores both the 1918 and the yellow fever uh, mm-hmm. pandemics uh so we're going back now a couple hundred years yep. of history of hearing the same things over and over where it first starts off with black folks are immune and then it's black folks are the most deeply impacted. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you think about the disproportionality, which is what we're seeing now mm-hmm. in New Orleans and 
Detroit and New York and uh, Philadelphia and, and unique to the United States. Yeah, but you know, but, the, but the other thing is like, no kidding. You know what I'm saying? It's like, part, yeah. well, duh. Yeah. Because if you look at every other critical, I mean, chronic illness, Black folks are the highest, most impacted, highest death rates. And so I don't understand. You know, some people are like, he gets Black people are being affected more than others. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, we are. Yeah. And, and that's and that's how it is. And that's because of, you know, health disparities and social determinants of health and all the other mm-hmm. things that you look at people who are in the, who are in the health equity field. Including my father someone you might sister, know, right? right? <laughs> my father, my wonderful sister, Nandi. I mean, but, I mean, I grew up my whole life hearing about this. My father became a doctor because he was concerned about the health of Black people and said, well, if Black people, if we get free, but we all are dead, then who cares if we're free, right? So that's... Wow. It's a, it's a, I never told you that story, Calvin. No, I, that, yeah. but, but even thinking about that as the conversation, it's like a false dichotomy, I, I think in the moment, or maybe it's not, maybe it is the essential question that we have to ask ourselves about <laughs> the relationship between those like things. But I also, well, part of the question is what is freedom? Like what is that part? Actually, what is freedom? Right? What is freedom? I've been in a conversation with some of my friends. I had a dinner with some friends at my house several months ago and somebody at one of my friend Adrian said to me, like, what would you do if you were free? Like, if you weren't spending your days thinking about dismantling white supremacy and patriarchy, <laughs> what would you do with your life? And I was like, holy crap, literally, like, my friendships, my family relationships, my work, my writing, all the things I do really are geared towards unpacking and, and dismantling these things mm-hmm. that we don't want. And I've been in the conversation, like, what does it mean not to be free of white supremacy, not to be free of patriarchy, not to be free of any of the things, but just to be free. Like, what yeah. does that look like? And I've started asking folks who I'm working with because I'm like, our having our work be informed by the dismantling of white supremacy is just as bad as it being informed by white supremacy because we're still being controlled by whiteness. And real freedom is just freedom. Mm-hmm. And so... I am in a deep inquiry about what does it mean to be free, period. And I think that that's a that is the question that I think is more important even now in this moment as we have an opportunity to reimagine the way that we live in the future because it's going to change. It's that's it's right. changing already. And then the question becomes like, do we want to do we <laughs> do we want to not have do we want to have a conversation about how we don't have black people be the sickest or do we want to ha- have a conversation about what it means for black folks to be well and what it means for black folks to be joyful and not be in this conversation about what well, we want, we want it because to be honest, like white folks ain't that healthy either. I don't want to be <laughs> really like, I don't know if that's the, if that's the goal for wellness, yeah. right? Yeah. We might need to reimagine what wellness looks like for yeah. humanity that doesn't have any rubric at all that exists based on current and common measurements. Because even the way that we interact with food, the way we interact with the environment, the way that we treat animals, the way that we treat each other, like we're not, we're not well. Americans are not well. That's not what we are. So, so we need, we need to break. If it's going to get broken, let's break it all. Let's, let's break, break it. it. All. Let's it, break it all. We are not well. Our systems have not been well. They uh, suck. The, the and and the myths and the culture that sustain and are perpetuating and deepen that acceptance of this being exceptional mm-hmm. has been exposed. 
It's been exposed. Amen. Amen. I feel so called to that question that let's just commit to that being season three. Ooh. Let's commit to that being season three. Explorations of freedom here and in the future. What does it mean to be free? Yeah. Yes. Calvin, I think you're onto something. You might be onto something. We might be onto something. Okay, so we're having the season three. We're going to be talking about freedom. This is my favorite. I have, is that so funny? I have two of these necklaces. One says my name and the other says freedom. And I almost changed it today. And I was like, I don't have time. I have to, Calvin's waiting. And so <laughs> but from now on, I will be wearing that necklace for every episode. I'll be well, wearing speaking of um, um, guests and episodes and here's Malia. <laughs> <laughs> Lila, I'm still recording. <laughs> Hi, Lila. <laughs> well, Nasa says hi. Hi. So, no, we no, it's welcome. Fine. This is this, yeah, this is our yeah, first guest. Our first guest first is guest. season three. It's Malik. So, Malik, how are you faring? <laughs> this is this is very much like that. Uh, uh, the guy who was um, being interviewed on the BBC, and <laughs> his family just like barges in. With like the epic walk from his daughter, just like <laughs> they they interviewed him again because now apparently he didn't know that, but he was the foreshadowing of what was to come. <laughs> right. So because here uh, we are. Here we are. With uh, Malik. Welcome. With to Malik. The show. So one of the things that I've been doing with Malik is doing dance parties, and uh, every day, every morning, uh, mm-hmm. we'll start off with a song and. Uh, you know, in the afternoon, we'll get a little bit of dancing in. And mm-hmm. one of the artists that made my playlist for Malik multiple times, who is now one of our ancestors, Bill Withers, mm-hmm. multiple yep. times. And and maybe with the time that we have, um, we can just think of like what's one song that's giving us life right now uh, from the immense and beautiful catalog of Bill Withers, who brought so much joy. And yes, culture for us over over the course of his lifetime. Mm. What would it be for you, Anasa? That's easy, Calvin. And yeah. I dedicate my Bill Withers album to you because I'm so happy that we're back together. My and it's one of my favorite Bill Withers songs. My song is going to be just the two of us. Just the two of us plus Malik. <laughs> oh, I thought you said just the two of us plus Calvin. <laughs> that's more like it <laughs> what's yours Calvin what's your song um I played this with Malik the other day um a lovely day and oh, the course. reason why I, I lean into that song it, it reminds me of what you were saying earlier about you know if we're gonna break it open let's break it all mm-hmm. um and think about this time being able to hold both the light and the dark uh, and mm-hmm. as you were saying that, I, I was just kept going back to well, that that is the story of how we experience life, is it not? Like that's, that's right. Literally, how the day that's right. cycles go. We we go into a period of the dark, and we enter to a period of light. And there's lessons mm-hmm. and beauty and in all um, of it. healing in the entire part of it. And that's what makes it lovely. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my my song, Calvin, you are so deep. I love that. Bill Withers says it. (laughs) Yeah. It's about who we're with and who we love and being able to lean into that. And that's what, you know, to lovelier days. I love that. That is like, 
exactly how I've been making it through. I have a friend, you know, Gibran in Boston. I was in a, in a retreat with him once and he said, leadership is being able to take the thing, take two things that don't reconcile and holding them long enough for them to come together. And I think that Mm. that is where we are is how do we hold those two things? And I think that that Bill Withers song is a perfect, 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 perfect way to illustrate that and i think that our next playlist should be dedicated to bill withers we should just spend some time this week putting some songs together and like sharing it with with our folks with the weavers let's do that check it out on spotify and also uh reconnect with us i know we've been in our um various fasts and (laughs) leaves uh but we are back at it so at the big we yes you can find us on twitter you can find us on instagram Yes. Um, and you can find us at our website. Mm-hmm. And Which one? WeTheBigWe.com. There it is. I, I think we will also be on TikTok. We'll- <laughs> oh, my Lord. Malik, open up a TikTok account. Auntie doesn't, TikTok? is too old for that. Auntie's too old. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> Woo. Yes. Yes. I think that before we go, Calvin, I think... I would love to take a few minutes and just talk about um, dedicate our pop three to the things that are getting us through these moments. Cause there have been some spectacular cultural moments out there Absolutely. over the past month that I think are worthy of notes. I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and jump right in to thank you personally again for mm-hmm. inviting me mm-hmm. and giving me my ticket Mm-hmm. Putting me on your list. I put you on the list, boo. I put you get on the into list. club quarantine. Woo woo! With a homeroom party, right at the point Listen. where things were beginning to take off. Mm-hmm. Right, like it was early enough on where I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." There's like you got a good little following. Yeah. Four yeah. hours later, we're yeah. like, "Yo, is he about to hit a hundred thousand for real?" Now, mind yeah. you, that was dope. The numbers and the, the, the way that he's been taking off, because D-Nice have been at it since Boogie Down Productions, y'all. Right? Hello, BDP. Since the bridge Brock. was over. Sound Bronx. Yo. Yeah. But every song he played was a banger. It was mm-hmm. like, we mm-hmm. danced to it. Mm-hmm. Side note, as we were dancing to it, Lila started recording us, because we were getting down to one of the, he <laughs> said it was that. a closing song, but it wasn't it a never closing is. song. He was like, no. okay, we'll keep this, let's keep the party going. So he was for playing. D-Nice closing song means two more hours. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. just like changing <laughs> changing the DJ set. That's right. Like, ah, stay on. So right. one of them was, it was supposed to be the closing song, but uh, it was Sounds of Blackness. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. So me and, me and Malik are getting down to some optimistic because uh, that's another song already on his playlist. Lila records it and she posts, uh, posts it up on her IG and... Mm-hmm. I look at it about a week or so later. I was like, uh, how do we have a couple thousand views of this? <laughs> we don't have, like, what's happening? <laughs> a content, um, it's like some content uh, a firm must have seen it and reached out to Lila about using it for this commercial campaign. I'm like, ah, y'all are fishing for our password. I don't believe you. <laughs> I had my tinfoil hat on that one, but then we looked it up. It was legit. And mm-hmm. it turned out that, they were doing this uh, ad for Oreo <laughs> uh, for the stay at like stay home, stay joyful campaign. Mm. And our dance video to D nice's cor- club quarantine party 
is in it for about two seconds. So. That's amazing. <laughs> so because amazing. of Anasa, we were able to bring a moment of our joy at home and to the world. Well, it was my absolute pleasure. It was no way I can go to that party without you, Calvin. I have been on the party for a couple of days before that. That's true. You were one of the OGs to the party. When I mean, I wasn't the super OG. I wasn't on there the first two days, but after that, so I don't even remember how I found out about it. You know, I have all my friends know how much I love music. So I, um, that was, I mean, and I still are on it every day almost. Like my yeah. sister goes, my sister, my sister is over the top. My sister gets dressed for the party. She puts on makeup. Awesome. My sister had a awesome. birthday party with D-Nice. And I like I was on there last night till two in the morning because it just is the thing that is giving me all the joy and sustainability and all the things I need every night and so many people. And now there's a little romance going on between Halle Berry and D Nice. Hashtag Berry Nice. Oh my God, there that's amazing. It's my I'm favorite like, thing. Forget love is it's my blind. favorite thing. I'm no, for, this. no, I'm watching the two of them flirt over IG in the middle of a pandemic. I really and can we just talk about that. how crazy it was? It was like, if, if I were to create this ridiculous dream, it's like, man, I had this dream. I was at a party, right? <laughs> D-Nice was spinning. <laughs> Rashida Jones was there trying to get a shout out for four hours. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Hello. Um, Michelle Obama showed up. Oprah Mark Zuckerberg showed up. Was there. Oprah. Joe Biden walked through the door. Then Bernie was like, hey, don't forget me. Don't forget and about me. The, and then for some reason, uh, there, there was just like, a bunch of artists who would come on and, 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 and Missy Elliott came on and they started playing a Missy song. Melba Moore, Mariah Carey, Lionel Richie was on there. Lionel Richie. Lionel was- and, and who would have thought that the most consistent celebrity guest would be Donnie Wahlberg? Donnie Wahlberg he's got so many shout every, outs. Because he's there every day for the every whole day. time. Like from the first moment to the end, he is there every day. I'm like, okay, Donnie Wahlberg. I, I, I was joking with some friends on the side. We had like a side chat going on. I was like, I'm glad we didn't actually agree to take it a shot every time Donnie Wahlberg got a shout out. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be dead. Our blood type would be Jack Daniels. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but everybody was there. Quincy Jones was there. I think Quincy. Stevie showed up. That's right. Everybody, everybody was there. So Janet Jackson was there. Everybody, everybody. Um, Miss Jackson. Sorry. That, <laughs> if you, if are you, you trying to tell? Are you trying to tell us something about yourself, Calvin? Because I'm gonna call her Janet. Me. Cover <laughs> Malik's here. Well, what what I loved about that was it was um, on display. Yeah. The the way that. Culture brought so much joy and brought mm-hmm. people together. Um, mm-hmm. And how at the center of it all was Black joy. That's right. Um, even in the midst. And That's I think right. if there's anything that um, can be a lesson from the ancestors moving forward and into the future, that joy in the midst. That's right. right? Um, how, That's right. How we mourn, how we pray, how we play. Um, yeah, the, the tool that, yes, the tech tool was Instagram Live, but the real tech tool was mm-hmm. joy in the midst. So mm-hmm. that's something I appreciate. Now, what I love mm-hmm. is all the spinoffs that's been happening. So Swiss Beats. Do you love it Tim- or do. No, I... Okay, that's all I have to say about it. That's... It's like, I, I do. And <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do and and not everybody needs to be doing it. I, I do appreciate the battles. Yes. It's one of those, it's like seeing your best friends fight and you just want to like <laughs> I, 
Mm-hmm. Don't. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's definitely. Shout out to D Nice. Shout out to shout out to D-Nice. everyone who showed up and danced and who out keeps and, showing up and who keeps showing up. All the folks who shared it and all the joy that was reverberated. Yeah. Um, yeah. D- I yeah. feel like D Nice saved the world. Last night, really a DJ did. saved my life. <laughs> I wasn't gonna be the one to say it. I knew you would do it. You know, <laughs> dad jokes. A lot of my dad jokes I found out are actually a lot of '90s references. So surprise, surprise, surprise. I want to move us from the the pop three item that I invited you to, and you sent me Instagram live feed <laughs> to none other. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Cor- Coronavirus. And let me tell you, Cardi B got on that Instagram in the wake of Bernie Sanders dropping out of the race and went all the way off. Like, created new definitions of where that was. New places. And I was like, awesome. Now, I am a fan of Cardi B's political musings myself. I enjoy when she does that. And she's somebody who I, you know, I, yeah, all those things. And I'm like, you have a right to have an opinion. And I actually I like your opinion. And I like to hear you talk about it. And I was I was really excited about her having a voice in that moment and talking about Bernie Sanders and not talking about him as if like he was the, the end all to be all, but talking about yeah. the things that progressives politics represents and the things that we need to be fighting for and i was like i i I go to bat for her i i like it the the policies the issues breaking Mm -hmm. down the the contradictions and hypocrisies Mm -hmm. that we were seeing um went in on trump like went in and and not even on on some like i'm just gonna no because he's an easy punching bag if you you know, look at some of the the, the it, ridiculousness. It, it would be comical if it weren't so uh, dramatically diabolically dangerous. Diabo- yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no hyperbole in talking about how unfit he is for this no. moment, let alone no. the position that he holds. No. However, saying that, um, she was really pointing out those deep contradictions. Like, she why are you was. talking about how much you? Your followers are, are That's right. like, like how much followers you have on social media when people are out here dying in numbers that you don't even want to track. Like they're saying it in such a plain, it was, it was the best political education pop ed style right. that I've seen right. in years. And her analysis about poverty and about you yeah. know, black communities and Latino communities. I was like, you better, you better be out here preaching Cardi. Yeah. Was, was able to break down. How does this impact you? If you are, uh, like w- was connecting it back to the financial collapse in 2008. That's right. The impact she was. That it had That's on right. sex That's workers right. and, and uh, the stripping industries That's and right. all of the bars. Like, yeah, all of those, uh, the money that we were making that all of those folks who were coming in. If you ever watched the movie hustle, uh, hustler, like all of mm-hmm. that, like that was dried up after 2008 and the financial collapse. And then it impacted this, this, this very straightforward being able very to connect astute the the systemic and structural down to the intimate yeah. and personal of how yeah. that was impacting black and brown folks and particularly women and it was also just a breath of fresh air to hear what they were doing and how she was going about it was if y'all haven't awesome. seen it i hope it's still up 
maybe there's a video capture, but I really there recommend. Is. There's yeah. some of it is on her uh, is on her feed. Um, I don't know where the whole thing is. Actually, I recorded some of it. We can put it up on our on our big we page. Go. I recorded quite a bit of it because I was like, oh my god, this is we need to. So I have some of it, but it was just. It also, I loved. I love that she gives herself permission to have strong opinions and to mm-hmm. and to rally people and say like what are y'all paying attention to this what are y'all doing and i and i think that that like this is that's what this is this moment is calling us to do is that's to just right. call it out just call it out like there's nothing it's like at this point like what are you yeah <laughs> what the what are you feds, waiting for the federal bank the for? federal reserve is dropping a trillion dollars listen but day it's like okay. first first of all when when we were talking about two children for this and a couple children for that and, oh yeah by the way we should give about 1200 maybe a little bit more oh, maybe we, should we do can't it more afford universal health care and we can't afford this and we can't afford it's that like, but we got everywhere. it's like asking your mama can we go to mcdonald's oh we ain't got mcdonald's money. do you have okay. mcdonald's money and then make going it to sizzler tomorrow. it's going to sizzler buy the premium cuts the premium cuts <laughs> and I'm over here with a kid's meal. Okay. Yeah. All right, mom. Great. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Although, um, although n- now, as you said, like there, there's a veil that's been pulled back. I that's love right. The organizing that's, that's happening right. at, at, at that level of tenants who are saying, yes, don't, yes. don't evict, but more importantly, cancel. That's right. Because cancel for you me. all that, that hold these mortgages, you all are caught up in the system too. And if we cancel ours, you have to cancel yours. So let's trick, like, let, let's move this up. Let's That's move right. against the riptide. Right? And by the way, most of y'all are getting mortgage forgiveness for the past three months anyway. So why am I paying rent to you when you're not yeah. paying your mortgage? Why are we doing that? Why are we doing yeah. that? And I love all the workers that are organizing, how the Amazon workers organize, how the mm-hmm. Instacart workers organize, the people are getting PPE now. Like it's, there are people out here Risking their lives so people can have groceries. That's right. Yeah, and I appreciate and not the, getting what they need to be safe. The reframing of you know, don't just call them heroes because they're doing the things to make your quarantine that's more right. comfortable experience. That's right. These are workers who are doing that's this right. not not you know essential workers. They're doing this because it's essential for their lives. That's and right. Their livelihoods. That's right. And this that's is right. also a moment for us to renegotiate what is our relationship with labor with Mm -hmm. our power with that and then what's with immediate need for Mm -hmm. stuff because some of these workers were pointing out some things that you know people may agree or disagree is this really essential this time because Mm -hmm. of these orders Mm -hmm. i gotta show up and i'm not being protected so let's look at all of what's going on from the structural down to the personal and simultaneously in between what what is essential and what do we need a center and how do we show up in this moment, as, as we referenced earlier, a great pause. And maybe that's our third pop of organizing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but also, you know, the workers that we're talking about who are suffering and who are making our quarantines more comfortable and less less dangerous, they've always been the workers who have, who have suffered, right? And so just like when we're talking about Black folks in healthcare, we're talking about education, and we're talking about kids who have who are suffering from the digital divide, who are being forced to figure out how to how to have school from home when they have no internet access or no computers. This is just another area where people are having, are, are being able to say, oh, 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 these folks who are suffering, we can see it now because there's a spotlight on it, but they've been suffering. They've been not having a living wage. They've been not being 
treated fairly. They've been having dangerous conditions. They've been not having, um, you know, all the things that are benefits and all that stuff. So we, we should not go back to any of those things. We should not go, oh, the pandemic's <sighs> over and now let's go back to yeah. crappy labor situations and unhealthy communities and all those things. Like we don't have to do that. We, we do not, we don't have to do that. We don't That's have right. to do that. And we should not do that. We should not. We and, will and not. We will not. We should. We will not. We should. <laughs> we, we shouldn't. We shouldn't do it. We shan't yes. not. We um, should not. I, I would recommend as uh, some resources and readings uh, for those who are curious. What what was the, what worlds were broken open? What mm-hmm. worlds were defaulted? Because we're not the only ones who are dreaming big about what this means That's for our right. future. That's right. Um, we're seeing the the this the power grabs and seizing and and people are dipping into their boldest and some you know mm-hmm. in my opinion the most egregious forms mm-hmm. of what they are dreaming for the world and it's happened before we've seen it happen before <laughs> it happens right? all the time all the time so check out uh, as i said medicalizing blackness which explores uh, mostly the, the yellow fever pandemics uh, throughout the 18th century, the impact that it had on uh, black populations and, uh, you know, and, and how that bolstered the, the argument for chattel slavery in America. Yep, that's right. Um, I recommend looking at the impact of influenza of 1918 on, on black folks and, you know, across the early times of the great migration and, and what was the relationship between their resilience and, resistance and the impact that they had with the red scare or sorry well yes the red scare but also the red summer of 1919 Mm -hmm. and 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 how that played out right and and just looking over time and seeing where we're at now what are the new moments and 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 lessons that we can learn from the past that we don't have to replicate in the future i think this is Mm -hmm. a prime opportunity to lean in so maybe at, at the big we on our twitter and, and facebook yes. we could share some of these conversations that are happening beyond here yeah. Um, yeah. that are exploring that and um yeah. great organizations that are doing uh, amazing work uh that are meeting the immediate service needs but it, while addressing the broader structural question and those yes. are the ones that we really want to lift up and while we're doing research about the past we can also look for examples to the future because our favorite science fiction writer Octavia Butler's amazing parable of the silver is now in a graphic novel. And if you have not read it before, now is the perfect time for you to be reading Octavia Butler because in her book, you will find the blueprint to help we manage that and to help us remember that the people who thrive in this moment are going to be the people not who have the most toilet paper guys, but the ones who are learning how to find freedom and joy in these moments, the people who are learning how to be closer to their family, learning how to be more honest about what's true about who we are and willing to do the work to transform in this moment. This is a moment for transformation. This is not a moment for fear. I understand why folks are scared, but it is. this is the time for courage. Like We have to find the courage in us to be able to look for what's next and then create it. Like make some choices and then experiment and create. This is an amazing time for us to be generating new ideas, new relationships, new thought, new vision for for who we're going to be together. And that's what we're here for, to help do that with you because we're going to love each other through this. We will. We will. So yeah, definitely check that out. I've been reading that. Uh, Shout out to Damian Duffy and to John Jennings. And uh, not for nothing, that novel was set in 2024. 
That's right. Like um, around the corner. Yeah. Hopefully we're not living the prologue. We're living the, you know. The the find your own adventure. (laughs) Like my my finger is on page 13. I'm turning to page 67. And I'm like, no, I don't want to get you my alligator. No, no, no. No, let's let's find another adventure, guys. Let's find it. We get to author it. We get to author it. We get to author it. Together. So I'm so glad that we're back. I'm so happy to Calvin. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is like, you know, this is what I do for fun. So I am, I'm in, I'm on cloud nine right now. There we go. So cloud nine. Uh, check it out. We're going to be recording and, and periodically posting in between. Uh, we'll give you updates as they come along, but this was actually kind of on, on the whim uh, mm-hmm. for today. But uh, the intention was to come back and, and stay connected to the Weavers. Yes. If you have any questions, any thoughts, any reflections, Anything that's getting any songs that are getting you through your day, mm. send them to us, post it. We'll reshare it mm. at the big we. And we look forward to speaking with you all again soon. Yep. Season three is going to be amazing. See yeah. y'all soon. Explorations of freedom. <laughs> all right, y'all. Three, two, one. Cut. <laughs>